All right, KISS Army, welcome to the KISS FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today and letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. This is a KISS-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. All right, welcome to episode 457 of the KISS FAQ Podcast. I'm your host, Julian Gill. As all week, we've got the whole gang here. This is awesome. It feels like a family reunion. we got the crazy <laughs> uncle. Um, Daniel. <laughs> I'm sorry, just happened to, to segue into... The crazy you. uncle from Sweden? <laughs> uh, Lottie St. Louis Kiss. What's up? Voice of Reason, 69th Blizzard, and... Um, I love snow, Mark. It's almighty. Yeah. I got I got someone echoing back, so someone fix your audio. Um, yeah, so it's been a weird week. We're going to get into the death match. And, of course, this week we've got Unmasked going up against Monster. I've got mm-hmm. no idea what the hell to make of that matchup. Mm-hmm. And it's all going to be down to what songs. Hello to everyone who's joining us live. Always appreciate you joining us live or after the fact. Just join mm-hmm. us. That's all that matters. Just do the clicks. Um, Josh, keep it all greasy. Keep it greasy. Greetings from the Netherlands. Nice name. Um so this week's news we gotta cover we it, there's no way about it um around it but i do want to just say i just sent off mass hysteria where it currently stands for a test print with one prospective mass market print vendor um just to see if that's a tenable option for the work it's not done i think the first 65 pages are done and kind of locked in at this point but i want to see what it looks like in print so having five proper copies made up i'll have one of these with me in nashville in uh, later this month for the rock and pot expo if you're going to be in the neighborhood and want to take a look at where it's at what it looks like two days ago before I sent it out, um, you know, stop by my table. I'll be recording uh, with a few guests that day, but uh, I'm keeping my interview load low to kind of hang out and, and say, hi, I'm not selling too many books, but I will have a few things with me. Let's get into the news from this week that really matters. Kiss 5050. They've, they've done it. They've announced it. The end is now known. Two nights at Madison Square Garden, December the 1st and 2nd. First thing I did was book a hotel. I knew I would decide in the moment whether I'd had my last kiss or not. But, you know, what emotions has that kind of announcement, the finality of it? What do you guys take out of this? um, You know, the final shows of the end of the road are now locked in. Ken, let's start with you on that. Yeah, the end of the road. uh, It's a final show, the end of the road. Uh, I think there's going to be some more things after that. you know, one-offs and maybe, maybe Vegas for that matter. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, if they, if they would have played in my backyard, I would have maybe, you know, pulled the trigger. Um, but, uh, it's, I don't know if it really excites me that much. I, I'm, I'm kind of glad that's the end of the road <laughs> is coming to an end from that standpoint of this tour. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I was. I would have hoped to them to announce something like you know Ace and Peter going to be there on, at, at Madison Square Garden or something like that. But I, I, yeah, I know. I would have hoped. I'm saying hope. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll get it, into it, that part it, of the interview just, in a minute. Yeah, it's just it's just kind of ridiculous, I guess, at this point to even think that's ever going to happen again. So Hollywood Bowl, you've never seen them there. That's uh, at least in. Yeah, it, I, I did see that. I thought, oh, I never been to the Hollywood Bowl, and then I thought, you know. Nah, I'm just gonna 
You're good. My last concert is probably going to be in, in Mountain View, California. Right. Lonnie, what about you? Are they coming anywhere near you? Because uh, Missing from the Itinerary are dates in Detroit. I think they've got Indy, uh, which is part of a festival, but within striking distance of your location. And what's your thought on 50-50? It is striking distance. The, the Knoxville isn't bad. Um, the Chicago, um, Rosemont isn't bad. And the Indy isn't bad either. Um, I'm on the fence about it. I, I did say, you know, if they were to come here, you know, I'll, if like like Kenya, you know, if they're gonna come play in my backyard again, you know, I I don't think I could sit at home that night with Kisses playing down the street from me, you know. But um, I'm on the fence about it. I I may end up pulling the trigger on it. I have not decided yet. Um, a lot. The problem is it comes in the fall, and I have a lot of commitments in the fall. Um, but, so it's it's they'll announce the NFL schedule in May, and I'll probably end up making my decision. Um, based off of that. But it's exciting. Somehow I think the Bengals are a little bit more important to you at this stage of your life. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just just taking a wild guess there, you know? So it's going to depend off on on home games and we'll see what happens. All right, Mark. Last chance. They're doing the Canadian run finally. Toronto. I was tempted to go back up to Vancouver since I was there in 2019, but I'm going to stick to uh, Madison Square Garden and possibly Hollywood Bowl. Uh, what about you? Will you take this opportunity for that Toronto date for one final, or have you kind of put it in your mind that you've already said goodbye to this band? You're muted. Oh, no. There oh, we no. go. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I, I think that uh, I did say goodbye a long time ago to them but not in a bad way i think i mean i saw them quite i, I had to run there but i saw them quite often in the in the 2000s so and then and enjoyed it you know uh but i don't know november is a long ways away for me to to say definitively that i'm going to be going uh it, you know it's probably better than 50 percent chance that i'll probably go see it one last time uh but you know, I, I'm not. Am, am I over the moon excited about it? No. But you know, I'm. I've always been that way. And I'll t- just to show you what I mean. When Rush announced the last run when they did Clockwork Angels, there, I, 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 it never really bothered me until right around when they did the Los Angeles thing. Like right when they doing the last show, and I knew this was the end of it. That's when it kind of hit me, and I have a feeling it's going to be the same thing this time like one kiss do the uh, madison square garden stuff i think that's when it's going to hit me like that it's a reality because you know with kiss especially you know that there's that long running joke that you know is this really going to be the end blah 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 so you never know if you want to take it seriously or not but when it comes to that point where it will actually happen yeah i'm sure it'll affect me i love kiss i mean i don't have no other band in my record collection do i have 200 albums of anything except kiss you know so Obviously, I'd like them, otherwise I wouldn't have 200, 200 albums in my collection from Kiss. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll probably end up going, but I'm not going to say definitively yes. I think you should. It's been a while Me since too. you saw the band. I mean, we've said goodbye to the, the the originals in 2000, you know, and then the patient started breathing again. Um, you know, and I think that there's a certain amount of finality that really comes into this, you know, when you think of Gene being 74, the age of everyone involved, time catches up with everything. And it's, I think it's fitting that the dates are in New York at Madison Square Garden. Madison Square Garden was the location that all of them aspire to play 
you know, I remember Peter in his book was saying, you know, that walking by that in the 60s saying, I want to play there one day. It, that was what they aspired to. That was the show where they made it in 1977, where they really felt that they had been, you know, validated. So time's up. Who knows what the future holds? This is Kiss. So everything's taken with a pinch of salt. You're already set for the summer, Daniel, anyway. So what are your what are your take on the final dates being announced after the fact? I was just surprised that they did so many dates in Canada. Uh, I don't know how many there were, but there were plenty of dates in Canada. So I'm really hoping that Mark pulls the trigger on this one, because I don't think you won't, will regret going to a final Kiss show. No. I think all of you guys, I mean, sitting at home and knowing they're playing in Toronto, Mark, you, you'll go crazy. You have to go, <laughs> you have to go through that concert. But... Uh, I bought six tickets without hesitation, uh, immediately, uh, no problem, because I had such a good time last time around. You know, I, I, I saw them last year in, in Stockholm, uh, I think the arena, we were about 30,000 people. But this time around, it's a bit different. They're playing a, 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 an outdoor, I don't know the correct word, you know. Quarry. Like, yeah, exactly. Quarry, that's the word. So uh, they're playing two nights over there, and it will be quite different. So uh, I'm really looking forward to it. And the whole KISS community in Sweden is vibrating. It's very vivid. It's, it's really alive at this point. So uh, I, I've, got, gotten into, uh, I've gotten a lot of new KISS friends. So I'm really, really looking forward to, to seeing them over there in Dalhalla, as it's called. So uh, I'm really pumped for this one. I think it will be great. And I hope you guys pull the trigger on this one. Yeah, I'm hoping for uh, one good seat at Madison Square Garden, preferably on the second. But I just want a, a seat in the house for those moments. And it is about the people. You nailed it right there. This is going to be one last chance for electric communion which to me there are so many fantastic people that i've met over 28 years online um that any opportunity to meet another person in person like i had a couple of weeks ago in charlotte you know is so much more important to me these days let's talk about howard stern the interview if you haven't heard it is now up in it in its entirety i believe on youtube and elsewhere 90 minutes of interview with them it used there's a lot of really deep psychoanalyst, you know, bullshit, but also very revealing stuff. Howard actually did a great job on it. I enjoyed it. Um, there were some deep and probing questions. It wasn't a fluff piece. You know, he intimated parts, which, you know, they didn't take the bait on, but he, he wasn't going to be disrespectful to them either. Um, the musical segments were really interesting. Um, you know, just talking about the damage of the people that became the band and was really fascinating. Now, what really bugged the living shit out of me is that they still continue to denigrate the originals. And that just seems so unnecessary at this point. You've already, you know, basically decided that you're going to end without any reunions or any of that uh, stuff. Do you think that if you become nastier and nastier and nastier that the other guys are going to respond? I mean, what what does it have? I'm a fan of Kiss. I love Kiss. I prefer the music of the originals lineup, even though I became a fan in the 1980s. But I wouldn't like them bashing Bruce any more than I like them bashing Eric Carr 
or Peter Chris or Ace Frehley. Ace Frehley and Peter Chris wrote the fucking music that's being performed on this stage to this day and, you know, has been the moneymaker for the past 23 years. Let it go. Just let it go and celebrate this fucking year, for God's sake. Lonnie, Stern, your thoughts. Um, well, Howard's a great interviewer, so it wasn't a big oh, surprise yeah. to me of how how in depth he went, you know. And he he isn't going to do a fluff interview with them, and um, so I thought it was a great choice that that they chose to do this on the Stern Show because he is such a great interviewer. Um, and like I'm driving, the, I'm driving the work, listening, you know. And they're they're really going deep with with, with childhood and and things like that. And I'm like, well, you know, that that's something that that you don't get in in the interviews you read online. So I, I thought that was, it was different at least. I'm, I'm with Julian in the fact that, you know, there, there's no reason to go down that road with Ace and Peter anymore. You've made it clear. You, you actually made it clear in 2014 with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that you're not interested in playing with them. So there, there's no need to, to go down that road continuously. I'm, I'm totally with you on that, that all right, you've made it clear. There's going to be a reunion. You know, people saying that, oh, well, maybe Ace and Peter will come out for that final show in Madison Square Garden. That's not happening. But with with some of their comments on the Stern Show when they announced these final dates, why would Ace and Peter say, oh, yeah, let me get up on stage with you guys? They're not going to do it. It's not happening. And you've proven that over and over again. So just let's just celebrate the band like Julian said. Yeah, just finish it with the four that have been the band for the last 23 years or, or whatever it is. You know, Shut up. That, that that ship has sailed. Man. Daniel, thoughts on Stern? Do you get a chance to to listen? I listen to bits and parts of it, but uh, I remember when Howard Stern was the king of all media back in the you know late 90s and it was all crazy and all, you know, real cutting edge. I love that Howard Stern, and <clears throat> I've uh, listened to a lot of Howard Stern interviews through the years. But I guess, like much like Kiss, he has matured, and <clears throat> these days he's, he's more of yeah, yeah, he's more not that old, but but he's more more like a you know the Letterman of the '90s or or the Jay Leno's of the '90s, uh, respectful. He still has an edge to him, but uh, this was kind of a fluff interview i think uh, and it should be i mean there's no reason to go you know into the dark places uh this is just uh, pr for 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 the final dates and uh, and and uh, it worked i think uh, you know that they'll put a few more uh kids in the seats or kids old men i guess <laughs> Yeah, you know what, what was also nice in it was them trying to talk music theory. That was hilarious. Uh, you know, it, it was it was comedy gold. Uh, all right, Ken, give us your reasonable take on it. My reasonable take. Do you have, a, well, do you, do you have one? I mean, did they talk about Dubai? Uh, no, <laughs> I did not. I'm mad at Howard because he didn't bring it up. No, not really. But yeah, it was, it was okay. Uh, we didn't learn anything new, really. Uh, at all i mean just a, maybe a couple things um uh I, I like the fact that gene still thinks he wrote strutter and stuff <laughs> keeps harping on that but uh you know i i mentioned to you guys i think it was through chat earlier in the week a couple days back when they had this interview i said though i i miss the days when it didn't talk about all this stuff you know you know you didn't have the bashing of the 
band members or anything. We, we didn't have much talk at all back long, you know, 40 years ago or whatever or more, um, where you just, there was just the interviews in the magazines. That's all you got. And, and you just, you just, they just talked about the music and rocking out and, and albums and that sort of stuff uh, and touring. Um, I miss the opinionated stuff that comes up now. I, or I not miss, but I don't like the opinionated stuff. I liked it when they were quiet and weren't so opinionated opinionated um back in the day so hey you know it is what it is it was it, it was a fine interview you know howard did a great job so um but, you know it is what it is it is yeah. what it is indeed mm. sylvie thanks for joining us when you said uh greets from holland i immediately thought stroop waffles um mark what's your what's your take on it um I I was a lo- I am a longtime Stern fan. Uh, I've listened to him quite a bit. I actually, when 9-11 happened, I was listening to him when that happened. I re- never forget that when that happened. But um, same, yeah. And uh, as much as I like Stern, this interview kind of bugged me a bit, mainly because okay, look, I'm not an idiot. I know Gene and Paul are kiss, okay, but the fact that they had Eric and Tommy sitting there for most of the time, you know, gathering spider webs and had their finger up their ass half the time because they weren't doing anything except just sitting there was absolutely disgraceful in my opinion, because for all the time when Gene was sitting there saying, Oh, we love this band. This is the lineup that we continued for the last 20 years. Well, why don't you show them some fucking respect and talk with them on the interview instead of letting them sit there like a bunch of morons doing nothing. You know, did did Eric say more than like two lines in that whole thing? I don't know. I mean, Tommy spoke a little bit near the end of that first hour interview. But other than that, they said, fuck all. You know, if it wasn't for Gene saying, you know, oh, Tommy's uh, father is a general who did this and that. And like, you know, I I wanted to hear some stuff from them. You know, what was it like touring with these guys? What are they really like? You know, because you know that Howard would have, you know, Jab them a bit. Come on, tell me what Gene's really like, Eric, or this and that. You know, <laughs> get some good, get some good stories out of them, which I'm sure they had, you know. But they didn't say fuck all. It was just all about, you know, the violin stories about their childhood, and you know, and Gene, you know, sending money to his father and this and that. It's like, you know, it's okay because because we're Kiss fans, we've already heard this shit. So maybe for people who are not, this is new information to them. But I mean, if I was a new listener. I would have liked to have heard a little bit about those other guys too. You know, not at, at this point, if I was a new, new kiss fan, I would, I would have no clue about who the fuck Eric Singer is or Tommy Thayer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but I'll say this, the, the performance that they did, that they did, I was kind of impressed actually. They, they didn't play that badly. I thought, I thought Detroit <laughs> Rock City was, was actually, was actually, was actually, was, was actually passable, you know, uh, you know, sure. I mean, it, it was it was it fantastic. No, but I mean, That's you know, okay. I expected I expected worse. To be honest, actually, <laughs> let me just say, my, uh, that was the probably the the most enjoyable part for me is them playing, you know, in the studio yeah. playing there. That's what I enjoy. I enjoy their music and their performance. Sure. That is the essence of Kiss. And that was the most enjoyable thing for me for the yeah, whole think, couple hours. I think Paul looked so 
so upbeat during the performance. Uh, I had, a, I think, I thought it was great watching. But real quick, Mark, uh, Paul and Jean doing all the talking. That's been the way they've been doing interviews since nineteen. I don't know after Vinnie Vincent left. Okay, so, but I mean, this is so, the, this is supposed to be the last kind of hurrah, yeah, but, you know? But it's all the same. It's it's been like that since nineteen eighty something. Paul yeah, okay. yeah. Eric, Eric, and Tommy should just start spinning on their stools, going. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Spin. Yeah, yeah. I remember being bugged by that in the early '90s. You know, with Eric and Bruce in interviews. Mm -hmm. I remember writing into Firehouse Magazine a long, long ass uh, article. I, I or not an article, but, but, but a letter. You know, they had letter, yeah, about why don't Eric and Bruce? Why why don't they? Why can't they speak their mind? And uh, then I understood later. But but it's been like that since. I guess Vinnie Vincent paid to play, not to speak. Yeah, I, okay. Look, I I know that, and I'm you know I'm yeah I know I'm not that a you fool. know that. I know I, sure. I know that they do this stuff, but I mean, I still find it kind of disrespectful. Still, I mean, because you know th this is this is this is Howard Stern show. I mean, a lot of the things that they talked about under normal circumstances, I don't think they would have talked about. I think because it's Howard Stern and he's as big a name as Kisses probably in the world of entertainment. I think that he got away with the fact that he could go and say you know well. Paul, you know, this and that about, you talk about his family and this and that. I mean, most people, most interviewers are probably not allowed to dig that deep with these guys, I thought. No, but I remember them pushing the new albums with Letterman, I think it, if mm -hmm. it was Monster or Sonic Boom and they did interviews. And I always was afraid that he wouldn't know the name of the members, you know. <laughs> ah, thank you, Paul. Thank you, Gene. And, uh, the rest of the guys, <laughs> the other guys. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I mean, one question that I don't think was asked of Eric and Tommy that would have been good is knowing that they were fans in the seventies. You know mm. how they feel about the end of Kiss at, from mm. rather than being members of the current lineup, but from that abstract point of view. And I don't know if that got asked. And well, they did, but they attention. did mention it. He said that he, he said that that he, they were longtime fans, and then Gene got all offended, saying, "No, well, he's he's not that much younger than we are." You know, when they started mentioning it, but well, they yeah, never they didn't, they didn't, they didn't get they didn't get to talk and talk yeah. about what it means yeah. to exactly. them as well. So Danny Sigelman um, reminded me. Thank you. Of uh, you know, just quickly before we get into the death match, what are your thoughts on the War Machine single from Poughkeepsie '84 that dropped uh, Friday? You know, Mark St. John playing with his teeth mm -hmm. clearly. Um, yeah. Mark, start with the guitarist. Honestly, I this is the first I've heard of it. I've been I've been so tied up with stuff I didn't even know that that has has dropped. So apologies, and I will check go listen, that out. Go listen to it later, Lonnie. Yeah, yeah. I listened to it this morning. Um, it was different sounding, obviously. But you know we, we've we've gotten two singles from that now. I mean, I'm 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 excited about it. I'm excited that they're doing something different with these off the soundboards and not just regurgitating the same stuff. I mean, this is this is, I mean, it's a a historic show, really. So I'm I'm excited about it, and I hope that I hope that the album release. I hope that people go out and buy this. And that it doesn't flop because if it does flop, they're going to be like, well, see, we just need this. If we do these off the soundboards, we need to stick with, you know, makeup yeah. lineups and things like that. So I, I really hope people go out and buy it because I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. I don't think we can be guaranteed anything from this band in, in the 50-50 year. You know, it's a 50-50 year, everyone. So take what you can get and enjoy it for what it is. Ken, thoughts on Mark St. John? You know, as someone who sort of 
war machine done three times on the creatures or by the originating yeah. guitarist. Okay. What did you yeah. think about Mark St. John's take on that? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't listen to it yet. You haven't listened uh, to the guy. I, I know. It was yesterday. I saw it, and then I, I was too busy with, with other stuff. So uh, I plan on listening to it. So all right. That's we'll, all, we'll I, that's all I can it. say. We'll talk about it next week, but Daniel probably won't be around at that hour. So, Daniel, did no. you manage to listen uh, to it? I might just be around that hour because I'm on a on a holiday. You know, here in oh. Europe we have holidays. You know, you, you have rides. So, nice. Yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, I, I fast forwarded to the solo, of course, and listened to it, and uh, I think it was better than some of the stuff that Vinny did on the early dates of the Creatures of the Night tour. Uh, but I think it was a bit subpar. Uh, I prefer Bruce's take on, on the War Machine solo by far. So I think they made the right decision going with Bruce. Yeah, Bruce had the benefit of something called rehearsals and being road tested, which it doesn't sound like Mark had to me. It sounds like Mark had been, you know, working away on his Rockman, you know, on the tour bus and then gets thrown on stage and clearly synchronicity is lacking as does a personal camaraderie with the band. So, you know, I'm, I'm fascinated by it. So guys, uh, anyone out there who hasn't heard about it, go check it out because it really is a surprising thing. Let's get into the death match. We got oh, yeah. Monster. Going up against songs from Unmass. And of course, mm -hmm. if you're new to this show, the way these work is it's completely random. There are no seatings, there are no, well, hanging chads. We just pick them out of the hat and see which one wins. So we're going to dive right in. And the first song coming out of the Monster Jar is Freak. That's mm. a appropriate song and it's going to go up against yeah goddamn arthritis wow shouldn't wrap these things up so tight oh my god freak against tomorrow how's that for an opening song oh boy <laughs> all right daniel lead, lead yep. us off um i listened to both albums today i did my homework and um i was surprised i liked monster more than I remember that I did, uh, and I disliked Unmasked a bit more than I thought I I, I did. So I was there were some surprises there. And Freak, I think it's a pretty cool song. I mean, the uh, the the chorus stays with you, uh, but it's really evident that Paul's vocals uh, have become pretty weak by this point. So I think that takes down that song a bit you know the vocals are too weak and and tomorrow i like the chorus in tomorrow i mean you remember that chorus uh, 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 it's a great pop song it stays with you after you've heard it so i think i go with with uh, tomorrow but uh neither of these two are, are my favorites but tomorrow is to me a bit better all right lonnie what about you um freak just it always seemed very, very forced to me that like, the, the song just seemed very forced with lyrically anyway. Um, never really got into it. I mean, you know, I went on that, that cruise and they played all the monster songs and somebody was yelling out, play freak. And Paul goes, um, we didn't rehearse that one. And, you know, I was like, it, it, it and, and I guess you know it, it wasn't one of their favorites either, then because of 
they played like half the album that night. They didn't play that. Um, and tomorrow, I, I it's it's to me is so much more catchier. I I really um, like that. I really like that that song. And you know, I, when I, I remember when I bought Unmasked, I, Unmasked is like one of the later Kiss albums that I that I bought maybe close to the end, like when I was trying to round out the the catalog. And like that was just a, a gem that I didn't know about. And I could I that song came on like the first time, like, wow, that's really catchy. I really like that. Um, and it stands true today. I I actually had the a different like the complete opposite experience when I listened to these two albums in Daniel. Like I <laughs> I found I, I discovered that well, I really don't like Monster and like, oh Unmass is but is it's kind of a bad rap, it's not a bad album. So um I'm I'm gonna go tomorrow over Freak. All right, Mark. Yeah, this is pretty simple for me. I mean, like I said before, I thought Freak was one of those songs that was their last ditch attempt at making one of those kind of, you know, you know, let's try to get something into a chart, maybe with something catchy, you know. And they, there was always that big thing where they're saying you know, trying to get Lady Gaga involved with this song or something to give it some relevancy for that time period. It's an okay song, nothing fantastic. I gotta agree with uh, Daniel. I think his vo- vocals are obviously strained at this point it's very obvious uh, that he just doesn't have the same capacity that he did but man did he have capacity on unmasked i i've always loved this album when i like much like lonnie uh, unmasked was one of the last records i ever bought from the kiss catalog in fact it was the last thing i bought on cassette because the last thing i got was unmasked and then i got it on cd once they did the reissues and that but that album really went up my rankings uh, when I got back into collecting vinyl. And I got so into that record, I bought every possible variation I could get my hands on, UK, Japanese, this, and I got like 15 copies of Unmasked. And I find that it's catchy. Uh, If they would have given it a different approach production-wise and mix-wise, I think it could have been a much stronger album that it's actually been given credit for. Uh, And I think it should have opened the album, this song. It's such a great opening song. I mean, it opened side two, but it should have been on side A for sure. But uh, yeah, I I love this song. I think tomorrow's an easy winner. Well, it already is a winner, so Ken and my opinions don't matter. Ken? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, I like Freak because it's different in a way um, from Paul's normal you know, songwriting styles and, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting song. Um, tomorrow is just so, so much better. Great song. Um, it should have been the, obviously the, the lead single on Unmasked when it came out. Um, so I, I'll go with tomorrow. Yeah, I agree. It should have been the lead off single. I love tomorrow. Great song. Great and, song. And, and I'm not usually one of the people who like that kind of production. I often bag on songs from Dist- um, Dress to Kill because they have pop pretensions. Mm. But this is just pop perfection. Freak mm. is almost like they beg Gaga to come in and do it so that they could have that relevancy. And the schedules didn't align. So Paul said, fine, I'll sing it. You know, it's a good song. It's a good autobiographical kind of one, but it's trying a little bit too hard and doesn't it, it doesn't compete with tomorrow. Tomorrow mm-hmm. is perfection. Freak is a good song, but doesn't come close. All right. So that's unanimous for tomorrow. Better write down the notes. All right. Next lineup is gonna be 
Shout Mercy hmm. versus Talk to Me. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is, is going to be me. a landslide. <laughs> <laughs> Un- Unmasked is going to get some love today with these. Oh, yeah. All right, Mark, get us started with that one. Well, I mean, look, Shout Mercy is just very vanilla, in my opinion. I mean, it's an okay song. It's nothing to write home about. But, I mean, I I've, I kind of looked at this whole competition or battle of the albums here in one way. That can when you name the song out, can I remember the chorus? Can I remember a line in the song? How memorable is this song to me? So... Right away, when as soon as he said it and Julian started cracking up there, right away, the first thing that came to me was the chorus. Talk to me. Talk. I Right away, it launched into my head. But Shout Mercy, I, 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 I probably couldn't even tell you a single line off of that verse. To me, it, like I said, it's very forgettable, Shout Mercy. And while, you know, Talk to Me isn't exactly, you know, Detroit Rock City or anything like that, it's pretty damn good song, I think. I think it's one of the better songs that he has on this album for sure. And uh, I, I'm going to definitely go with that. That's just so funny. I, I'm sorry, cracking up. And uh, I don't even really like talk to me. Daniel. Um, I think the problem in this with this matchup is that uh, we've been listening to Unmasked since we were kids. And uh, Monster came in so late. So if you compare how many times you've listened to Talk to Me and Shout Mercy, I mean, it's not even close. I actually... Um, have to pick Shout Mercy because, you know, I like the main riff. Pretty rough vocals once again, but uh, I like some of the details in the songs, you know, like Thayer responding to the chorus with his guitar and I think uh, the guitar solo is pretty cool. While Talk To Me is, to me, really a vanilla song, you know. I just want to a little conversation because I'm such a fucking loser. No one wants to talk to me, you know, just can you give me a second and talk to me? I mean, how, how can you get into that song? I mean, I I mean, if he would sing something, I just want to fuh or something, but I just want to, you know, it's okay if you just talk to me for a while and then I'm really okay. I don't know how to get into a song like that. Um, I guess the only thing I like about Talk To Me is the solo. I mean, Ace could really bring it still to this point. He, he could bring it and he, 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 he created a great solo. But that's about it. The, the, the lyrics, as in most Ace songs, is uh, they're really weak. And I think it's just a boring ass song. So I actually pick the monster songs or song over Talk To Me. I guess I'm, I'll be the only one doing that, but we'll see. We'll find out. Lonnie. Um, yeah, so far you're going to be the only one. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going with, with Talk to Me over Shout Mercy. Um, I, talk, talk to Me is a fun song. We, we know Julian isn't a, a, is a, isn't a big fan of it with the shows we've talked about on Mass in the past. But I, I like Talk to Me. I think it's fun. And like when they when they pulled that out, in 01 mm-hmm. when they did that tour in japan and australia I'm like oh that's fun that's different you know and and it is a good song it's it's it, it kind of sticks with you a little bit just kind of like tomorrow does when you when you when you hear it and shout mercy is just 
don't know. It's just fine. Um, it's a much better riff in Shout Mercer than in Talk to Me. Much better. You had your turn. It's it's just fine. It's it's very forgettable to me. It's like like I to like like what Mark said. You know, it's okay. I, I know the chorus, but uh, I got to sit here and think about. I got to sit here and think about the, the verses. And then I, as Mark was saying, I'm like, oh, okay, now I know how that verse goes. But it's, and I listened to Monster a lot when it first came out. But, nice. Metallica? <laughs> on a kiss show. What the heck? On a kiss show? Right. Come on. When my I, phone I, rings, it tells me darkness enveloping me. Uh, you know, usually nothing good darkness. comes over a phone call. <laughs> but, no, I'm, I'm going to go talk to me. It's, it's 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 just a much better tune in my opinion. Thank you. All right, Ken. It's talk to me, of course it is. Um, you know, Monster being probably my least favorite Kiss album, so it's it's and you know, Other Masters, you know, a good one. But talk to me, uh, I enjoy more than Shout Mercy. Simple okay. as that. All right. Well, Bradsky, David Joseph, David Donnelly, Robbie Stars, thanks for joining us. Who else we have? Uh, Lars, Half Ace, uh, Brandon, uh, G. Hurley, and where's our Irish friends? Uh, but that Half Ace guy, that Half Ace guy, he must watch every single Kiss FAQ. No, every single Kiss podcast around. Every time I go to Kiss podcast, I see his name. So. Yeah, he's a loyal good fan for you, Halfa. Yes. You're fan. a real loyal Kiss fan, I guess. Yep. All right. So we're two for two with unmasked songs. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I my vote doesn't count. I I just don't like talk to me. Such a such a whiny vocal, but I'm not. <laughs> All right. This is actually a good song. Last chance. Oh, wait, no, that's not that's not the one I'm thinking of. Shows how much I last chance versus <laughs> I have no fucking clue what I'm doing. I just work here. What makes the world go round versus last chance? This is getting worse and worse. Ken, start us off with those. Okay. Um, last chance, yeah. I mean, it's okay song. Um, and, and, you know, what makes the world go round is not my favorite song either on, on Unmasked. But uh, I, I I like it a little bit better than Last Chance. Um, I still think it's a, a better song, um, a little different. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah. What makes the world go round? Whatever it is, what's it called again? Yeah, what's, <laughs> that's the song that's going to win for me. Yeah, I. The moment I got unmasked. This was one of the standout songs for me then. Yeah. It remains so today. Uh, Last Chance is a throwaway for me off Monster. Throwaway amongst throwaways, I guess. Um, let's go, Daniel. I think Last Chance, again, a pretty fun riff. It's a, an okay song. And I, I think the, the, the biggest problem with Monster is there are a lot of okay songs, but not that many that stands out. I mean, it's not like animalized when you have four or five great songs and then you have a few stinkers. Monster is like, you know, 
vanilla all the way through almost. Uh, they are quite good, but not good enough. Uh, but I think the Unmasked song is a pretty cool pop song. Uh, I can't imagine it worked a bit in the clubs back in the day. You know, you could shake your ass to that one in the clubs. Uh, I think it's a good tune. So so I'll, I'll go Unmasked. All right, Mark. You know, you brought up an interesting point there, Daniel, about yep. there being a bunch of vanilla on it and Animalize has like good ones and then stinkers. See, the thing is with that, I almost kind of prefer an Animalize kind of record because yep. even the stinkers are so bad that you talk about them. You know what I mean? True. Yeah. Yeah. But with the but with the vanilla ones, you have a hard time talking about them because you don't yeah. remember them. You can at least say, you know, mm. you know, uh, you know, bitch burn, burn, mm. bitch burn. You say it's so terrible because of this and this and this because you remember it. But like this one too, like Last Chance, you know, it's not a bad song, but it's not a good song. You know what I mean? So when I get to like, you know, what makes the world go around, I like, you know, wow, like right away I remembered, ah, no, ah, no. Like the, the chorus, I can just remember it ringing in my head. And so to me, it's instantly more catchy, catchy and more memorable. I, I'd almost prefer that if, you know, Last Chance was like really bad, I could say, holy shit, this, thing, this song is so bad then it would it would stick in my brain you know what i mean for that reason yeah. but uh, i think that's one thing unmasked has going for it because ponzi is such a producer of that kind of you know the hooks and the chorus strong choruses that's what you always kind of get on unmasked you know the problem with unmasked what i've always said is that it's just a weak sounding record right it just needed more oomph in it to get it to sound more you know catchier in people's minds that way right but i, I i'm gonna go with the the unmasked tune obviously one mixed world for you okay all right lonnie last word yeah it's what makes the world go around last chance is very forgettable and kind of a disappointment in that um kiss always ended well, not always but a lot of the time ended their records with a really strong song like sonic boom had say yeah which was one of the stronger songs on it and Lex and like what Julian said, last chance to me is just it's just a throwaway. So it's what makes the world go round. All right, unanimous. All right, let's see what happens now. It's gonna be wall of sound. Mm. And we're so far three for three off unmasked. Unmasked is wiping the floor <laughs> with monsters carcass so far. Versus this must be a short song. Oh, wall of sound versus shandy. That's a little bit uneven mm. to match up. <laughs> All right, Lonnie, get us started on that one. Mm. <laughs> uh, Wall of Sound is one of my more favorite songs off of Monster. Um, it, I like Gene. Gene's pretty good on that song, and I like the way it just starts off with, with the guitar slide and, into the song. I, I've said on here multiple times. I. I I thought that Wall of Sound should have been the first song on the album, just to start it with a Gene song and maybe even call the album Wall of Sound. I think it would have taken a much different, um, I think the album would have had a much different look to it. Um, however, that being said, I'm still going to go with Shandy over Wall of Sound. <laughs> so, again, it's just a better song. And I, I think we're all kind of saying the same thing. Well, the, the song off Unmasked is just a better song. So it's Shandy, though. Okay. Uh, Daniel, I think Shandy is way too syrupy for my taste, uh, and uh, that's not how I want Kiss to sound. Wall of Sound, 
it's a pretty good effort from from Gene, and I do like his vocals on this one. Um, I think his vocals on the whole record is, you know, they're they're great. He sings his ass off uh, when compared to Paul, who who's struggling. Gene is, has still this strong, you know, mean mean Gene voice. Uh, but I think um, he found a pretty cool riff in, in Wall's sound, but he runs it, you know, runs it into the ground almost. It's all the way through the song and not a lot of variety. And much like most of his, uh, you know, unfinished demos. So... Um, I actually have to go with Shandy, even though I, 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 it's not one of my favorites off of Unmasked. I think it's a it's a bit better written song. Wow, that's disappointing. Um, Ken, yeah, it's 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 close in my opinion, but uh, I, I think I think Shandy is a better song. Um, it's catchy, yeah, it's syrupy, whatever. Um, but it's a well-written song and, you know, it's catchy, obviously too. So, um, and they made that the first single, I think. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, I always want to turn it around and pick, pick wall sound, but the problem with monster is they intentionally tried to sound like bands that influenced them on that album. They, they weren't just trying to be themselves kiss, uh, just be themselves. They tried to be influenced by it. So I will stick with Shandy. Subliminal messaging did not work there. All right. Try. <laughs> okay. This may come as a surprise to you, but I, I cannot with any, uh, conscience vote for shandy to me that song has been the song that i despised off this album since day one it's just just like daniel said it's the most utter piece of garbage this song i just don't like it and it's just and i don't consider it a kiss song because the only buddy, the only person on it really is just Paul, anyways. And even songwriting wise, I think there's more outside people involved in it than anybody from Kiss in it. It, I, I can understand that there's, you know, there is catchiness to it. It's very, it's memorable and stuff like that too. But I find though that Wall of Sound is one of the first songs off this album that I actually remember off this album, and I find that it's catchy. Yes, I love hate. And <laughs> and uh, I think that it's it's one of those songs that I think that Gene actually did a decent job on as far as delivery of his singing, the, his attitude on the bass playing is good on that one. Yeah, that's good. And, and I and I think that it's it's, it's memorable. You know, uh, it's one of those things I've always tried to do in even in my own music or music that I like. If it's memorable. Then it, then it's good for for me. Like as far as I think it's a good song. So yes, Shandy is memorable, but it's just way too, you know, off the mark for me. And, I, and one of the things that Daniel said is I think sums up the best. This is not how I want Kiss to sound. Okay. And 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 I and I so I cannot with any good conscience give that a vote. So even though it doesn't matter, I, I am not voting for Shandy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, because I'm not voting for Shandy either. I fucking hate that song. <laughs> I hated it when I first heard it. I still dislike it to this day. It is syrupy. 
crap. I love the concept of wall of sound. I don't think the execution quite takes it where it could have been, but in trying to present, you know, just a wall of sound, which is what you mm -hmm. basically get at a kiss concert, you know, it, it's, it's great. And compared to Shandy, I wasn't going to vote for Shandy no matter what, because I don't like it. I will never like <laughs> it. And I have no intention of liking it or vo voting for it just because it's on unmasked. So thank you. Got that off my chest. <laughs> Do you like Sandy? No. Don't even like freaking freaking terrible drink as well. All right. So oh. <laughs> easy as it seems. Mm -hmm. Versus. Yeah, I think Shandy ripped off a lick from a Joe Walsh song called Tomorrow. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's true. Right here, right now, which is one of the bonus track or the bonus track um, of Monster going up against Easy As It Seems. And I get to start on this one. And that's a tough, that is really tough because right here, right now, I think we've often said is a song that should have been on Monster and something else used as the throwaway B-side. Um, but Easy As It Seems just has a great swing to it. It's got some of those other musical elements and inspirations that Paul had from his youth coming through into a really cool Kiss song. I always loved it. So as much as it pains me to go against Right Here, Right Now, which is fantastic, too, it's got the edge, Easy As It Seems. Uh, Daniel. Mm -hmm. Easy As It Seems. I don't know if I agree with you, Julian. I think it's pretty middle of the pack on Unmasked. Uh, and I think the keyboards kind of kill this one for me. You know, you have these late 70s, early 80s keyboards all running through the, the, the whole song. And it's terrible to listen to. Uh, while on the other hand, um, right here, right now is, you know, a, kind of a throwback to the early days, to the 70, maybe 75 Dress to Kill. Uh, I can hear some Dress to Kill in that one. Uh, a pretty cool song. Um, well executed. I think Paul pulls it off in this one. And it's a classic Kiss lyric, you know. You know, the, the old themes that run through all, all of... The great kiss songs you know you know seize the opportunity do it for yourself and all that uh so i have to go with the monster song and i i do hope we can send at least one one song from monster on through through to to the next round nope can easy as it seems wins for me it's 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 a better song I, I enjoy it much more. If I'm gonna pick a song to listen to, I'd rather pick "Easy as It Seems." It's a, it was a the first time I heard it. I thought it was pretty darn good, so it wins for me. Daniel, wait, did I, already, I went to you already. Just uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> sorry, Lonnie. Um, I'm gonna go with "Right Here, Right Now." I I think <laughs> it is a better song. Um, it's a to Daniel like like what Daniel said. It's a, it's more of a motivator type song. It seems like more of a of a kiss song of going for what you want. You know, same type of message that they have in, in a lot of their songs and achieving your goals and and not waiting. Just you know, so I, I'm going with that over easy as it seems. Easy as it seems is fine. I think it's more of a a middle of the road type song off of Unmasked. It never really stood out to me um, as same much here. as some of the others. And I think that right here, right now is 
one of the better songs off Monster, if not my favorite song off, off of Monster. So right here, right now. Oh, right now we've got a Desmond. Mark, 2-2. Two, two. You're going to have to uh, break the tie here. Who's right going here. through? Is, this, is, this is as close as a Monster <laughs> song gets to going through. And Mark holds the key to the kingdom. All right, well, I, I, I'm going to disappoint some people here. I can tell you that right now. Because number one, if you take a look at this copy of Unma uh, Unmasked, un of uh, Monster, I don't have that song on this album. Okay. And I couldn't, I think I maybe heard that song twice in my life. So I can't with any good conscience vote for a song that I hardly know anything of. And I have a feeling that even if I listen to it a hundred times in a row, it will not outvote easy as it seems in my opinion. I, I I know there's cheesy keyboards in there, Daniel, and, and this is breaking my heart, Daniel, because I know that me and you are one of these people who see eye to eye very, very much on these kind of battles. But unfortunately, Unmasked is one of these records that, that has sat well with me over the years, more than Monster. And I know that you're more of a current guy. You're a very big pusher and promoter of the 90s kiss and you know you love the 80s stuff too so i i understand exactly where you're coming from but and that that want to kind of push monster stuff through because of that as well but only uh, kiss fan only kiss fan could be called current when you're current into with the 80s, 80s stuff <laughs> well you, you know you know what i mean yeah, yeah i know what you mean but it's so yeah. funny yeah <laughs> so you're a fan but, of that stuff from 30 years ago <laughs> <laughs> So, so unfortunately though i am going to go with easy as it seems it's still a song that i've always liked and, I, and i've always had no problem with key, cheesy keyboards i mean i listen to prog music right so yeah yeah all right so that was monster's best chance so far i don't know i think there'll still be a couple going through well, let, let's find out next one up is is that you versus out of this world mm. so a it's not a, it's not a cover at that time it's an externally sore song going up against mm -hmm. what i think is a really strong tommy thayer um composition so let's start with lonnie my wife hates out of this world <laughs> <laughs> she says it is the stupidest song ever i mean how many times can we say the same thing over and over and over again she's like it's like christine 16 like the only lyrics in that song are christine 16 how many times can you say it in this in three and a half minutes but and is that you is fine i am gonna go with out of this world over is that you. whoa just to I, annoy your wife <laughs> you really want to go there <laughs> uh -oh. i am gonna go with out of this world I, th <laughs> I, I think it i think it's a fun song i i i like it better than than um than white when lightning strikes off of sonic boom and mm -hmm. i i think it's it's kind of a fun song i and they don't i um they played it, you know, a few times. They played it on the cruise and one of them. They played it a few times in in South America for those shows shortly after that too. And I thought maybe it was had a chance of of sticking around a little bit, and obviously it did not. But I, I think it's a I think it's a, a well constructed song, and and I I think I prefer it over "Is That You," as crazy as that <laughs> may sound. <laughs> wow. wow. 
It's true. <laughs> it's been really nice knowing you, Lonnie. So uh, well, that's good. A good night here. All right. Ken, let's go to Ken. Yeah, out of this world is a pretty decent song um, from Tommy. You know, I think I like Lightning Strikes better, actually. But um, uh, you know, it's it's not as good to me as is that you is that you. Even though you know it's not a Kiss written song, and they 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 use someone else's song, uh, which is an interesting kind of thing. I guess they don't do that too often. Um, but uh, I, I like it better. I like it better. So is that you wins for me? All right. So running neck and neck, Daniel. Is that you? Is probably one of the weakest openers on a kiss album to me that's true though <laughs> i think it's one of the we i mean kiss is known for having a great one two punch at the beginning of almost every record unmasked isn't one of them and is that you is pretty pretty weak however i, I still think it beats out of this world I think it's a good idea to have the guitar player you know sing a tune on the album i like it i, I wouldn't like out of this world to not exist you know but but uh you know midnight rocket all the set you know all that stuff you know trying to be ace i have a hard time you know liking that one but i can see it's a good song and uh, i like it towards the end when they pay kind of homage to rocket ride when they use that effect is it called flanger 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 yeah flanger, yeah whatever. yeah they use that towards the end it, it kind of reminds me of rocket ride so i think that's kind of cool but uh, i still have to go with the unmasked song okay mark by, by the way we're losing credibility with our opinions i, I hope everyone's wow. offended and upset for for, for the one time that i thought credibility a long time ago for the one time that i thought that i was going to be able to push a song through daniel surprises me with his selection this time Sorry. because because i am going to go with out of this world because oh, no. i i oh. i like that song there's some tacky so things on there i'm cut off no you're there you're okay back. it was like pause you're for back. a second okay. you're back okay well, i was gonna was, say that was it, I, was it me i was i was gonna say that uh lyrically while it is kind of cliche and trying to be very ace like I, I mean lyrically is that you is not good either sweet 17 and trashed out oh, come on give me a break I mean, it's just <laughs> terrible lyrics in that song and it, it's nothing really to write about. and i have to agree with daniel it, it is probably one of the weaker opening kiss songs i mean it, compared to king of the mountain and mm -hmm. you know you know i've, had, I've enough. had enough into the fire uh exciter and all this that's yeah. just terrible opening i was made for you loving know? you yeah. Yeah, well, I guess if you want to say that <laughs> should have been charisma. But, okay, but uh, anyways, I, it was. I I really think that out of this world is is better, uh, and I like the fact that we have a different vocal. Do we have Tommy singing? He I think he deserves to sing more often than he does on record. So that that's uh, hey Danny, I you know not everybody has the same opinions of on music, and if we did, it would go after it would totally it would totally suck. So you know what. <laughs> I, I, out of this, out of this world, it is. We're gonna that's, have to live what, with it. Mark, Mark starts, grabs his keyboard, and smashes the camera. <laughs> I think Dan is bringing you it. Know what, made Danny. a lot of fun coming. Yeah. Well, we've we've cool got guy. a we've got a tie, and it comes down to me. And this one, oh, this no. actually hurts because 
the moment I played Is That You, I loved it. 14-year-old me mm -hmm. dug the living shit out of that song. I didn't know it was a, not a, a composition by the band. I was judging it purely, you know, from the musical point of view. The rest of the album, you know, with a couple exceptions, didn't live up to the standard for me that Is That You set. Now, let's talk about Out of This World. I really dig that song. It is really fun. Yeah, it plays off all the spacey crap, you know, that Tommy's had to inhabit during his time on Jendel, the fake yeah. Jendel. Um, but it's a good, it's a really fun song. So it, it actually makes it more of a challenge for me to make the decision. But I got to let 14 year old me win. And just know okay. that, that whenever I hear is that you, I've always oh. really enjoyed it. So I what is it now? Is it like six to zero or something? <laughs> it's six zero, but I thought I'd take I you to the precipice on that one. Uh, this is to trouncing. Uh... <laughs> well, again, it comes down to the right matchup, and we clearly have yeah. not gotten that we, yet. We but still have a few good songs of a monster left. Fourteen-year-old me. I'm, I'm holding on to fourteen-year-old me. Yeah. I'm getting old. All right, let's go. Eat your heart out yeah, with its okay. acapella intro. God. Yeah. It is going to go up against. Two sides of the coin. Well, this is gonna this is gonna work out really well. Daniel, start us off with that while Mark eat gets your, his guitar out for yeah, this to eat your heart out. Uh, uh, you know, isn't that the song where he sings about his backbone once again? Still I think thing. it's kind of a lazy song from Gene. Not my cup of tea. Um, once again, sounds like one of his old demos. No variation. Um, even though the vocals are great on this one. And I, I do like the Tommy Thayer solo on this one. It's a good solo. And which one was it from Unmasked? It was to, no, two, two Sides of the Corn. Two Sides of the Corn. Well, Two Sides of the Corn feels like a leftover from his solo album almost. You know, it's a bit weaker than all of his songs on, on the solo album. But I guess I've listened to that song enough to learn how to like it. So uh, I'll have to go with Two Sides of the Corn. All right, Mark, let's go straight back to you. You know, I was hoping that this was going to be another opportunity to put a monster song through, but the, the, I, I don't like Eat Your Heart Out. I, I Just right when they did that barbershop thing at the beginning, was like, oh, my God, really? I mean, nice harmonizing. I mean, it's not terrible. I mean, it's not like, you know. Okay. But and, and and Daniel's right. The vocalization on it is good overall on the song. But again, what does that tell you when we I mean you can remember two sides of the coin much easier than than you can remember eat your heart out. I mean, you know, it's not that it's a great song, but again, I I have a feeling that, you know, Mr uh Mr. Poncia had a little bit of a hand in maybe making stuff a little bit more catchier, memorable. Than it could have been without his presence on the record, I think. So, and and I'm I'll also admit as a guitar player, I have a little bit of a soft spot for the open G tuning that he uses, a la Keith Richards in this song. So that always kind of caught my ear. So yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, two sides of the coin as well. 
All right, Ken. Yeah, Kiss should have done a barbershop quartet album. Because <laughs> they call call it Don't Cut My Hair or something. That was the title of it. So um anyway, uh yeah. Eat your ascot. Yes, there you go. <laughs> oh yeah, don't touch my ascot. That was a good one. Um was it? But was it? <laughs> yeah. Not really. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And talk to me wins for me again. Uh, it's not talk to me. Eat your hat out is okay. Two sides of the coin. It's two sides of the coin. Oh, 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 oh I'm switching. It's another ace song. Yeah. Two sides Revenge of the coin still wins <laughs> for me uh, over Eat Your Heart Out. It's a better song. Lottie. Yeah, two sides of the coin wins. It's Eat Your Heart Out. It just, it ruins it. The acapella thing just ruins it for me from the start. I just like, really and then it doesn't get a whole lot better from there so it's two sides of the coin okay so uh, my opinion doesn't matter but two sides um two sides was a recycle of stuff from rejected from dynasty and eat your heart out was a recycle of shit dating back to 1976 uh, so hmm. um you know two sides of the coin is actually newer i, I like i like it you know, so all right. So next up, you're all that I want versus mm. hell or hallelujah. This oh, okay. is this might be the one. This might be the one. one wow. Matchup. All right. Who's starting is on this. Mark gets the first word. Okay, this is, uh, please, if there's a Lord above, okay, th th this one has to pass through, okay? Because if we put your all that I want through, then honestly, I'm going to smash my head against the wall or something here because that is the worst Ooh. fucking song I've ever heard, okay? That's probably pretty I fun want. to see. It, it, it is horrendous, okay? I mean... God, like, what were they? Th what were they thinking putting that song on? I mean, it's just, and the fact that Gene is singing it, you know, I mean, isn't he the one who's like, I don't like it when Paul writes those kind of sappy songs. And meanwhile, he writes one of the most sappiest songs I've ever heard in my life on on a record. Okay, you know, Ken, you got to get a, get a hold of Gene. Ask him what the fuck is going on here with that. Here's Big oh, Buddy, you know. Right so, <laughs> you know, so but I, it's just terrible that song. I mean, please. Gene? Yeah. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I honestly, I I think that the, we 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 got to. Uh, if there's a musical lord up there, I think that he will agree with me and say that hell or hallelujah should go through. I mean, even though it is a bit of a you know deep purple ripoff, but honestly, the very first time I heard that song, it, it's it's gonna. Uh, when I when I heard it, even though it had that purple element in it, uh, I I thought it was catchy right up the start, and I I actually enjoyed it. And I was glad that they played it on the tour when they came by. You know, it was very new; it was just a single at that time. So yeah, uh, hell or hallelujah. All right. Um, first time I heard hell or hallelujah, I reached for the guitar. Hell or hallelujah wins. If there's a song I dislike on Unmasked nearly as much as I dislike Shandy, then You're All That I Want is that song. I have never liked it. I never will. Paul Stanley wrote a new classic with Hell or Hallelujah for me. Lonnie. 
Um, you're all that I want is I'm with Mark. It's one of the worst kiss songs. It's it being my top ten worst kiss songs. It's and, and Julian too. Julian yes. said his despise for it. It it is one of the worst kiss songs ever. And the fact that they they even chose to play that song live at a certain point on that <laughs> really of all they the songs off of Unmasked, we're, we're gonna, that's that's one of the ones we're going to choose to play live. It's it's absolutely terrible. And Hell or Hallelujah is is pretty good. So yeah, it's it's definitely hell or highly. It's not even close. All right, Daniel, your opinion doesn't matter, but let's see what you got to say. Uh, let's. Uh, you're all. Uh, you're all that I want. I think is a pretty interesting song because it's really pompous. You know, I think it sounds like something <laughs> that could have fit on the elder, uh, and mm -hmm. the lyric lyrics are, <laughs> you know, it's singing like to someone he really loves and in the next sentence it says you need to feel my love inside i mean it's it's so badly written you know and there's actually a pretty cool uh, guitar riff somewhere hidden under all the layers of crap there so uh but uh against uh, hallelujah it doesn't stand a chance you know once again paul managed to write a great opener for the album aggressive I like the bass sound in this one. Uh, every part of, of, of the song works. The chorus is cool, the verses, the intro, the outro, and the fun stuff it does with the slide thing. And uh, the riff is, of course, you know, it, it sounds like Burn from, from Deep Purple a little bit, or maybe a take on a different take on I Stole Your Love or something. But what the heck? It's, I, I say, Hello, Hallelujah is pretty, pretty great. So uh, that one is going through. Yay. All right, Ken. You can yes. be honest now and vote for Gene. No, I'm not going to. You know, that's one of Gene's weaker songs, obviously. Um, so, uh, yeah, the first time I heard Hell or Hallelujah, I thought it was a pretty darn good song. Um, I knew it sounded like Deep Purple, which it's, and it also sounded like I Stole Your Love, you know, those kind of all you know interchange a little bit or have a little bit of the same kind of thing going on um so yeah i thought hell, hell, hell or hallelujah i thought oh god this is gonna be a great album but uh it proved me wrong <laughs> that's a lot of other stuff but uh yeah it was a good start and did kick off the, to the album so hell or hallelujah wins Una unanimously well. yeah. No, it, it's well-deserving, and there's no crime in sounding like Deep Purple, especially if you're going to sound like Burn. Come on. Yeah. All right, here we, here's a, another strong contender from, in my opinion anyway, from Monster. Long Way Down, which I think may be one of the finest Paul Stanley compositions of the last 30 years. Mm -hmm. Daniel shit-starring. Oh shit. Torpedo Girl. Torpedo Long girl. Way Down versus Torpedo Girl. Girl. All right. Mar mm -hmm. uh, no Ken start us off with that. Ooh, this is this is kind of a tough Th song. This is this is brutal. Um I you know, I'm gonna have to go with Long Way Down. Because I really do enjoy that song. Torpedo Girl's kind of it's 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 really, I like the bass, you know, thing going on and all, all that. It's a goofy song, kind of fun in a way, but it's kind of screwy. But uh, I do like Long Way Down. It's a really 
you know, the Zeppelin-y kind of thing going on. And I really, I really enjoy that. That's one of my favorite songs off of uh, Monster. So I'm going to go with Long Way Down. All right. Good. Good to start it. Yep. All right, Mark. Um, I have to agree with you guys that I think Long Way Down is probably one of the better songs on this album for sure. Uh, I think Paul did a good job on this one. Uh, it sounds a little bit more comfortable for him. You know, that's saying it, you know, sort of mildly. Uh, but I, I think that it, it has a it has a good catchy chorus to it. Uh, the guitar playing is good in this one. The problem with Torpedo Girl is that it just, to me, just sounds very... It just sounds like a like a almost like a joke song in a way to me. Like it just it, it almost seems like he wasn't being serious lyrically with it, you know. Uh, the bass riff in there is interesting. Uh, I thought that when I first heard, it, I'm like, really that 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 was that'd be interesting for Gene to play that. But obviously, we know Ace played that. So, uh, and Anton did a good job on the drums on this song. I thought. I mean, that was a the dead giveaway. If, if nobody was sure about if Peter Chris played on this album. This song was the instant giveaway on that, that that's not Peter Chris on drums. Uh, and while it is a memorable chorus, I guess, take rat torpedo. Uh, I, I just don't think it's, it's in the same caliber as, as a long way down. So I'm going to go a long way down. Okay. Lonnie. It's it. That it, this one's harder than Wolf than Wolf of Nature doesn't think this should be a brutal decision. Um, I <laughs> I still can't decide. I'm kind of back and forth a little bit. Like because Torpedo Girl is a fun song. Um really, Mark, you really, you really think they're not being serious? Like, come on, get your feet wet. I mean, it's it is just goofy as it is goofy as hell. But that's what but that's what makes it fun though, is that it is like intentionally just kind of kind of a goofy little song. Um, and Long Way Down is is good. It is one of the stronger songs off of off of Monster. Um, Paul does a really good job with it. But I am still going to go with Torpedo Girl because I, I just think it's 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 a more fun it's a more fun song. And and if I'm gonna, I mean, I'm just sitting there. If I'm gonna listen to one of the two songs, I'm probably gonna listen to Torpedo Girl. Wow! All right, we got a battle on Daniel. Um, the problem with the torpedo girl is, of course, the the main chorus. And if you if you can't get around the main chorus, if you hate the main chorus, it pretty much kills the song. So I have to go with the monster song just because of that, because <laughs> that main riff is kind of crazy. But I do get, you know, it's a fun fun song, you know. Uh, but it wouldn't be anything I, I would put on my stereo if, if I had anything to say about it. Uh, and and the, the the song from Monster, um, which was it not long way down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I kind of like the lyrics for for this one. You know, maybe he's singing about you know uh, past Kiss members, or maybe about their own mistakes that they've done through through the years but uh it's a cool chorus uh uh the verses are kind of slow but i think it's it's still better than the young mask song so I, i'll go for the monster song that means uh, another monster song has gone through hmm. all right um uh, yeah so <laughs> compositionally long way down is an incredible song for me i love it and i love torpedo girl 
that's super fun. That that's a fairly quirkiness. You know, I'm not expecting you know Charles Dickens from Ace. Um, <laughs> but but long way down, the moment I heard that song, I'm like, holy shit! Paul Stanley can still write a song of this character, and also one that's also like a counterbalance to my start with the band King of the Mountain. King of the Mountain, long way down, you know, two bookends in a career mm. to a certain extent for my personal kiss story. So long way down. I'll I'll just echo that vote. And sorry, Ace. Uh wow. <laughs> All right. The girl can't dance is a goofy ace. Yeah, the girl can't <laughs> dance, which he didn't write either, is super fun. Um, yeah, and, and Wolf. Wolfie. Yeah. Exactly. We're KISS fans. You, you, you don't expect consistency. It, it fluctuates from moment to moment. So, all right, let's go. Next one up is Take Me Down Below. And shit. Just a... Everyone's counting to see how many songs we're up to. All right. Naked City versus yeah. Take Me Down Below. <laughs> All right, who's starting us off on this is Daniel. Take Me Down Below. I, I remember watching the episode you did on Monsters. Monster, I think it was last year, and you totally buried this song. So I guess oh, it won't. Mate? All of you. Oh, okay. I think I think this one won't be going through. But I kind of liked the up-tempo version that was on YouTube for a while. I think it's still there with re revenge era fo footage. In the background because you want to think about uh, you know a little bit younger men singing this one uh, the problem <laughs> is that it's so sexual and you know the innuendos aren't that um, well disguised you know you know what they're singing about and uh, it's kind of creepy to you know thinking of Gene and Paul in, in you know in the, I don't know how old they were when they did this in the sixties singing about this I gotta, stuff. I got to bring back this comment for this discussion. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I have to go with the unmasked song. I think Naked City is one of the better songs off of Unmasked. You know, uh, he tried to do that this type of song later on with While the City Sleeps. Uh, it didn't work, but this time around, I think he nailed it, Gene. Even though he's he's doing some falsetto singing and uh, you know it's a fun bass line and a beautiful Gene song and uh, the solos the guitar solo really proves it that Ace still could you know crank out some great guitar solos so Naked City is is a great song so it it will go through. All right, Lonnie. Yeah, I, it's Naked City for me also. Naked City is just a far superior song from Take Me Down Below, which is, again, on Monster with them just trying too hard to, you know, just just just, just trying too hard. Kind of like Freak. It's like I said about Freak at the beginning of the show. It's just they're just trying too hard. Like, oh, we need the song where Gene and Paul can, can trade lyrics and let, let's throw a bunch of sexual innuendos in there and... And let's see what comes out, and and here it is is basically to me what that song is. And Naked City is actually really, really good. It's very underrated in my opinion. Um, one of the better songs on Unmasked. So Naked City, it's very easy choice. Okay, Naked City has a, a lot of balance input from uh, Bob Kulik. I think um, 
can't think of that off the top of my head right now, which is embarrassing me. But there you go. My mind's going. Ken. <laughs> yeah. Um, Naked City is my, I think it's my favorite song off Unmasked. Um, great song. Probably one of Gene's best vocals on that one all time. Um, at least in that mode of more poppy type mode vocals. Um, just a great vocal. Great song. It easy it easily wins over Take Me Down Below. Okay. Uh well it's it's won this competition. So Mark, just you and me left to pontificate. What do you think? Yeah, I mean Naked City is what probably my favorite song on this album. I, I really love this song. I mean Gene's bass guitar on this song is incredible. I think the very first time I heard this, I was like, wow, that is a Kramer Spectre bass or a Spectre bass, sorry, not Kramer, Spectre bass guitar tone if I've ever heard that song. It, it has that active pickup sound to it. It's like the sound that he was got. It's like the sound that he would get again when they did Creatures of the Night. It's, it's really kind of growly, bit of distortion in it a bit. You know, it's a really great song. And, and the writers you were thinking of was Pepe Castro. Thank you. He was involved in this one as well. Uh, and there's four writers credited, Vinnie Poncia, Gene, uh, Bob Kulik, and Pepe Castro. And I think all of them put in something very, no, I'm not going to say special, but something really good in it because it's a very strong song. The, the lyrical singing is very good. The, the melodies in it are fantastic. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I've never been hip on Gene's falsetto singing, but it doesn't bother me so much on this song. Uh, it, I just think overall it has a good vibe to it. And I got to agree with David there. It, 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 has, it has that New York City vibe. I, I agree. It's so one of the things I like about Dynasty. I think Dynasty has the New York vibe all over it. This album has it in in places. Uh, so yeah, for me, it's it's not even you know not even a competition. The Naked City is just it, it would have won against any song pretty much. Even if this went up against you know uh, Hell or Hallelujah, I think I would have still have went with Naked City to be honest. It's not even close for me. Uh, the only good thing I can say about Take Me Down Below is it, the musical backing track's really good. It just needed much better uh, songwriting on it. But then again, you know, to be creeped out by Kiss lyrics really seems a little bit odd, but there you go. <laughs> I didn't care for it. Um, but musically, it was great. Naked City is spectacular. One of Gene's very best songs, regardless of the amount of input that came from the balance guys. All right, final matchup. One song left from the Unmasked Bucket. Three left from Monster, which means two of those are going to go into the, the the extras round. And we've got She's So European up against Back to the Stone Age. Gene's... Two Gene songs. Yeah, so uh, Ken, it's only fitting with two Gene songs for you to start us off. Okay, yeah, uh, back to the Stone Age. Actually, it's you know pretty pretty cool song, uh, decent song. Um, but I always liked, you know, people don't like it, but a lot of people don't like it. But she's so European. I think it's a great written pop song. Um, I enjoy it. I enjoy the sound of it. It's a solid song. I like it more than Back to the Stone Age. All right, Lonnie, what Simple about you? Wait, what was uh, your vote? She's so European? She's so European, please. Lonnie. 
<laughs> She's So European's fine. It's a decent song, but I think Back to the Stone Age is just crap. I mean, I... Yeah. <laughs> Back to the Stone Age sounds like it's something that should have been on like the Flintstone soundtrack. They can see Fred walk around like club on his shoulder or something like that. I think it's just absolute garbage. Um lyrically it's just terrible it's it's she's so european it's it's that's an easy 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 pick all right daniel i think she's so european is a pretty crappy title as well i know <laughs> what, what what the hell does it mean I, I mean it's just a way of now we have a song that we can play on all the tv shows in germany and uh, people will like it because we sing about some european girl uh, he did it on his solo tour back in eight, 2018, and yep. it, didn't, it was not nothing special. Uh, Back to the Stone Age isn't great either, but uh, I kind of love the, the screaming. He does a lot of screaming in this one, Gene, and strong vocals, and um, I think I hear a tambourine somewhere in there. I don't like that, but... But uh, it's it's kind of fun, and uh, I think I'll pick the I'll, I'll pick the monster song this time around. I think both are pretty subpar, but, but I'll go with the monster song. All right, Mark. Um, yeah, she's so European is is garbage. It, it, it's just a terrible song. You know that that whole the, the, the talk about pink champagne and all this. Uh, give me a break, Gene. I mean, <laughs> who do you think you are? Like. And, and even he admits when he talks about it in like his commentary stuff on the you know kissology that you know it's a it's crap. He didn't know what he was thinking of when he was writing it, and the the keyboard parts in there are just terrible too. That do 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 do. Like come on, it's really bad song. I mean, th th this is the same guy that just you know a few songs ago wrote Naked City. You know, really, that this just goes to show that Gene will just take any old riff that he can come up with and write a song around it. There's no filter in his songwriting, which is absolutely unbelievable. But, you know, hey, he's made a whole career of it, so what do I know, right? But, uh, you know, it's... When you compare it to the other song, I mean, it's just... It's just they're not much better. Back to the Stone Age is not like a fantastic song by any stretch of the imagination. Really? But... But I can I can definitely sit through it more than I can listen to She's So European. I mean, at least it's a bit more ballsier sounding. It doesn't have a horrendous keyboard line going through it. And at least, you know, why the lyrics, yeah, they are laughing. Wait, 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 wait a minute. You said earlier that keyboards are okay. Yeah. Now okay, you're not they are liking okay, keyboards all the but time. The, but this song, it, it sounds like guy. shit, though. Yeah, but it doesn't sound good in this song. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. It sounds terrible okay. in this song, you know, and lyrically it's, it, it doesn't help either. So it, it, the lyrics aren't good and back to the stone age either, but I, I still think it just, it just has more balls to it. It just sounds better back to the stone age. So I have to do a tiebreaker. Are you oh, no. kidding me? This is, this is why I'm asking the audience to help me out here because <laughs> I, I could swing either way on this one. Um, She's so European is terrible. This is a tough one. I like the sound of She's so European. It gets easier on the air. Oh, greats on the air. Where's Drago? Thank you for joining us. Um, yeah, I, this is, I can't decide on this. Um, <laughs> I can decide for you. No, I have to think for myself, damn it. I'm not a lemming. I'm a KISS fan. Wait, I am a lemming. I'm a KISS fan. Yeah. Um, 
I'm going back for the Stone Age on this Yay. because Yay. there's just something about the caveman Gene Simmons yeah. dragging his base around <laughs> that I like on it. She's so European is just so I love the song musically. I love everything about it, but it's really freaking pretentious because it, it was everything that was wrong with Gene in 1980 and where he'd been going with going Hollywood and wanting to be something that he wasn't and forgetting his New York City roots. Musically, Amen. it's a really cool, it's a really cool tune, but he needs to give up on the trying to be so European and go back to the Stone Age. So we, we got we got three we got three monster songs scraping their way the sugary syrup uh, and, and and smooth edges of unmasked. So let's just go through the winners here and the Shadow, losers. Hang on, buddy. So I'll need to poop. Oh, Which yeah. two songs made it through without being in any round? Oh yeah. Uh, so yeah. we've got two that are going for the love the... of rock and roll is one. Yeah. Right? That's yeah, a that's one. a good that's a contender. Yeah. Um The Devil and, is Me, I think. And The Devil yeah. is oh, Me. Is me. Yeah. Which is also a cool song. So who knows yeah. what's going to happen. All right, so let's wrap up these uh Tomorrow wins. Talk to me wins. What makes the world go round wins. Shandy sadly wins. Disappointed at you guys. <laughs> Easy as it seems wins. Is that you wins? Two sides of the coin wins. Uh hello hallelujah unanimously. A long way down, nearly unanimously, other than Lonnie, him, that guy up there. Um, <laughs> Naked City, unanimous. And then uh, Back to the Stone Age scrapes through against She's So European. Lonnie, did this kind of end? Did you see three monster songs going through in this matchup? I did not. I'm, I'm surprised um, that three went through. You know, um, voted for a few of them because, you know, you know, it all comes down to the matchup. At the end of the day, um, I mean, I think we'd all would agree that Unmasked is a superior album. But, you know, when it comes down to the matchups, sometimes it, that's just the way it works out. Yeah, Unmasked may be the superior album, but Monster is an album that I'm eternally grateful for. You know, after they did Sonic Boom and assuaged the sin that is Psycho Circus, it was like a bonus to Kiss's recorded output for me. So I'm still very grateful that they did it, even if it isn't as perfect as I, I would have hoped. Uh, Mark, what what did you think of three monster songs going through? Are you shocked? Sort of. I mean, I, I knew Unmasked would be the, the winner in it, but there, there were two songs that I thought for sure would go through, which was Hell or Hallelujah. And I thought if we would have got to it, it was all for the love of rock and roll. I thought it would have got through, too. I thought if we would have voted on that. Uh, but three getting through, it's, it's a bit of a surprise. I, you know... Like you said, the matchups are always the thing that dictates how this works, obviously. And there's just been some crazy matchups. So, uh, yeah, three going through, uh, good, good for Monster. It could have been zero, you know? Yeah, and people do listen with their eyes, and people don't hear with their ears. I mean, there's a lot of factors that come into, you know, deciding which of these songs we like more in the moment that they come up against one another. There's no mathematical formula uh, for any of these things, which is what makes it fun to get together with friends and just talk about these absurd matchups. I mean, there's no absolutely no logical reason to have this discussion, but here we are, 90 <laughs> minutes later, um, having a, a good laugh about it all. Daniel, you shocked? 
no, I'm not really shocked. Uh, I have to second Mark. I have two absolute favorites off of Monster, and uh, it's the same two songs that you mentioned, Mark. Yeah. Mm. The opening track and Eric Singer's track. I I, I love those two. I yeah. think they're great songs. And then if one or two more made it through, wasn't a big of, uh, such a big of a sh- shock, you know. So and I think Unmasked. Ha- the, there's a few there that they aren't that good as well. So. So uh, I don't think any song off of Unmasked or or Monster will make it to the final, so to speak. Maybe Naked City will 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 get pretty far. All right, Ken. Um... Well, as a whole, I think Unmasked is a, is a much better album than Monster. But having said that, yeah, there are songs. If you put them against each other, certain matchups, you're gonna a couple are gonna you know get through. Um, and so I'm not surprised at that standpoint that uh, Monster has you know two or three songs that made it through. And I'm just looking back for where's Drago, you know, for whether uh, you're all that I want went through. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Drago. <laughs> you're gonna you, want to. You're going to want to rewind and see what we had to see about that one. We've got two albums left in the black jar. Um, Everyone knows or should be able to guess what they are right now. And it is Shot in the Hade. Mm -hmm. Hot in the Shade. Is going to go up against Carnival of Souls. Deathmatch death number 10 and the final one before God. we get into uh, doing some of the other ones. Um, yeah. Carnival of Shade. I, I think we're going to see for that episode because there's, that's going to be good. I, I see us becoming unhinged um, and really opinionated because I think these are two very divisive albums. So I'm looking yeah. forward to that one whenever we get around to doing it. So, you know, for those of you who joined us today, a ton of comments. We do appreciate you chiming in throughout yeah. the episode, uh, even if you're making fun of us, m- mocking Mark, um, mocking Lonnie, me, you know. We're just up here having fun. So we appreciate you taking the time out of your day to join us. But for now, from Lonnie, from Daniel, Mark, Ken, and myself, thank you for joining us, and we shall see you next time. Thank you for spending time listening to the KISS FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we've broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.